Delaware State of the Arts. I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is Simeone Tartaglione, the music director of the Newark Symphony Orchestra and a faculty member of the Music School of Delaware. The Newark Symphony Orchestra has performed as a community orchestra in Newark, Delaware, since its founding in 1966. The orchestra currently includes about 80 performing musicians of all backgrounds who share a love of classical music. The Newark Symphony supports music education and outreach in Northern Delaware, and for more than 40 years has held an annual youth concerto competition. The winners in both college and high school age divisions each perform with the orchestra at a spring concert. Simeone, thank you so much for joining me today. And as we kick off, talk to me a little bit about uh, the history of the Newark Symphony Orchestra and how it is that you got involved. Hello, Andy. Hello, everybody. It's such a joy to work with the Newark Symphony, really. In many ways, is a, maybe the job I'm attached the most because it was actually my very first job I got over here in the East Coast. Right after I graduated from Peabody, I applied and I got this thing, and it was such a joy. Um, what I think struck me the most about this orchestra is that rarely you find the love of music to be so tangible. Uh, we rehearse every week, and um, as you said, there are musicians of all, of you know, all, all different parts of life. Some are professional musicians, we pay, but a lot of them are volunteers. So musicians who have a college degree, who ended up either being music teachers or do something else not related to music, that they finish their hard day of work, they rush at their home to eat, something and they run to rehearsal to get tortured by me about you know playing better and do faster or whatever it is so and uh, and they do with a smile so this is something that is so inspiring to me is really quintessential of what music is about we are all amateurs because we love music and to love so much that after a full day of work you just engage in that like two hour and a half, three hours rehearsal to work hard to in something, you know, until you then you go home and you go to bed and you start again next day. Next day. It's just remarkable. And uh, uh, and for me, it's an inspiration. I feel Noir Symphony really remind me why I want to be a musician every time I do a rehearsal with them. Talk to me about the musical identity of the Newark Symphony Orchestra and what kinds of music or styles audience members can typically expect should they attend a concert by the orchestra. Mostly we really do the greatest hits of the classical you know, repertoire. We also do premieres of new pieces sometimes and we do some choral music with a certain regularity. Uh, we have in the, in the plans to do the Carmen Aburana by Horf very, you know, in a few, uh, months, not this season, but the next. We're going to do that with, uh, um, Paul Heads at the University of Delaware Chorale. And uh, we do basically two different, um, orchestra settings. One is the full symphony that is usually our Sunday concerts where we play all the big Beethoven, Brahms, in this case, the next concert, Prokofiev, Rachmaninoff, all the big stuff with the, the larger orchestra. But we have a season, um, of usually two, three concerts where we do more chamber music and chamber music also for orchestra. So we may do uh, string pieces just for string orchestra or smaller Mozart, Haydn symphonies. 
or straight, you know, like the Trout Quintet or pieces that are more chamber music where our principal get together and they do something like that. We also have a, um, um, children concert, a family concert every year that we, um, we target a certain kind of audience, of course, in that particular uh, situation. Either uh, school children, so we may do like this year, Tabby the Tuba, or we did like Prokofiev, you know, Peter and the Wolf and all similar stuff. Or we do a little more family concert style. So we do mu- music from movies or like cartoons, that, that kind of stuff that is a little light. And we also did some of this um, outside in the park. And so we had a lot of response in, in in that aspect too, because people bring their chairs, they do a little picnic, and uh, you know we fill the lawns wherever we are. You've been with the orchestra since 2010. Talk to us about how you feel like the orchestra has grown or evolved during that time. My goal from the very beginning was to make sure the orchestra was an integral part of the the community. So my strategy was really to try to connect, intersect as many art organizations and organizations in general in the community as possible. Because I don't believe if an orchestra just does, you know, uh, Strauss, Bruckner, whatever you want to do, you know, the audience is not going to come just for that, unless you are a Philadelphia orchestra or you are New York Philharmonic. An orchestra of uh, any orchestra who is not in that category, I actually it needs to connect with their audience in a way that they need to feel they belong. It's not some ivory tower where people do their stuff and then you don't understand. You feel intimidated maybe that, oh, you know, I don't have enough cultural classical music. Maybe I get bored if I go. So that concept really was something that I didn't believe from the start. And not just with our symphony. That's a concept of the old traditional way of uh, uh, considering an orchestra. So what I tried to do was every concert, we had some, you know, specific connection. There could be, for example, um, I remember one year we did uh, um, a piece with four uh, high school choirs. They, it was the Rutter Gloria, you know, some people may know that piece. And we had these four high schools, prepared the choir, prepared the, the, the piece. And then, you know, I did some extra rehearsal with them, you know, before. And then we put all them together and they performed with a full symphony orchestra, something that not always is uh, uh, possible in every high school. Another um, event that really was super successful in bringing us to the community was our Christmas concert or holiday concert, I should say, where we do music of all, of all kinds, of all backgrounds. But what we, we did was to um, invite selected members from all the churches of the area to come and become a choir just for that concert. So we ended up with 250 (laughs) maybe members in the choir, singing, of course, uh, um, pieces that everybody could sing. We we, we didn't do very directly with them, with the the carols and things like that. Uh, But they loved it. They prepared well. Their music director prepared well in the churches, and then they all put together in, in, in in a rehearsal before the orchestra, and then it was a great success from that point of view as well. Um, we also did uh, um, uh, several projects with the dance company in the area, like we did the Peter and the Wolf with the Delaware Dance Company, and um, we did also the Carnival of the Animals, so that it was uh, always, a, the, the goal is a win-win, so that we reach out to more people in the community, but 
people in the community, organization in the community, they can experience something that they cannot do very often. That is a full orchestra. For example, even we did a, um, a couple of play uh, pieces with the bell choir. And now we have actually one in December coming up where two bell choirs are joining us. They do a piece by themselves and then they do a piece for bell choir and orchestra. That is something again, you, you cannot do every year. So, um, it's a win-win and a joy to share different sides of making art with people around. Another one was, uh, when we did church windows by Respighi and uh, we invited several, um, schools to do projects. So to make the, the windows on their own somehow. So uh, it was a, an art production that they, you know, then we exposed at the, at the concert and it, it was great. They had a lot of people watching their productions and so on. We, we have many, but that was my goal. And I think that made a difference in, um, uh, you know, in the relationship of the orchestra to the community. It's not just a few people who enjoy their evening once in a while, but it's an orchestra that is right there for everybody. And we are open to their ideas too. Sometimes they know I'm open to craziness. So they say, how about we do that? And then usually I say, okay, let's make it happen. I think we can do something that is meaningful and artistic valid. And it is a little bit, you know, unconventional, but let's do it. How do you and the orchestra engage with local communities and encourage kind of music education and appreciation from the very young to the very old? We have several programs that I think, you know, help in that direction. One is, of course, the concerto competition. And, um, you know, we have a long tradition and a lot of the winners really went up into their game. So every year we have this competition for high schoolers and college, and they play usually a full concerto with the orchestra. And believe me, we had amazing talent, really. The concerto competition is also um, targeting Delaware and its vicinity very, you know, closely. So in other words, um, it, it out-limits itself. So people, you know, from Peabody or from Philadelphia – Usually they are not able to um, apply unless, you know, it depends where they live. There is all kinds of limitations. But in other words, we want to, again, make an event and an opportunity for the Newark Center and Delaware Center community so that uh, the students in our area get an opportunity targeting them and not necessarily spread out around. So that's one aspect that I'm very proud of because really we, we engage with extraordinary musicians, young musicians. But other ways that we do is, of course, our um, children concert always are a way to um, explain aspect of music that not always can be done in their schools. I remember once we did, um, I think it was Peter and the Wolf, but at the end I did a, a, a short master class about conducting. And we were doing Eine Klein, where I explained a few things about, you know, balance and notes. Eh? But then I called the kids on stage. I say, who want to try? And we had a line like, I don't know, maybe 50 kids. It was a problem. I expect to have like maybe five or six. But after the first five or six tried and they liked it, they smiled. Then they become like almost a problem because we have a line of kids who want to do it. But it was great. So they got first hand something that may change their life. I won't be surprised if some kid 
after that experience, it will take, you know, it was fun to be a conductor. Maybe I want to think about doing that as I, as I grow up. Um, another program that one of our member, um, designed, Laura Rogers in this case, uh, is it called the instrument in the attics. That is a spectacular program where people donate instruments to us. We put them together, refurbish, you know, repair what they need. And then we donate to, to, to kids who have a need, who cannot afford an instrument. And we donated really hundreds of instruments. We even donated a, once a set, I think of 20 or 30, I don't remember, to an organization that helps, um, orphans. So they got really a batch of a lot of instruments and we shipped, I think it was overseas that one. But usually we have this uh, instrument donated uh, at the concert, either to the school, to the teacher or to the, to the students itself, if they ask. And we had really a great portion. We also had some member of the orchestra who donated to the orchestra their violins. Some of these violins are really remarkable value. And we also have some uh, high schoolers, for example, play these violins with us and enjoy the violins for their own studies until they graduate. So there is a, also there a kind of, a, um, you know, the joy of experience music with us, but also the benefit of getting a phenomenal violin donated by some members of the orchestra who retired or who died. Talk to me about the upcoming performances the orchestra will be hosting this year, and maybe uh, which one or two are your favorite? Oh, all, all of them. <laughs> it's like children, you know? <laughs> they are all, all, all wonderful, each one of them. Um, we opened the season on October 22nd at 8 p.m. That is uh, something a little bit unusual for us. Usually our concerts are a little earlier, but... Um, our soloist is a legend, somebody who you really don't want to miss, is the Jennifer Montone, who is the principal horn of the Philadelphia Orchestra. And um, and actually, even the same day, she's doing another concerto. That's why we are a little later than usual. And she's played for us another legendary piece for horn. That is the second Strauss concerto for horn and orchestra. And um, and that really is a fantastic um, event for us. We, we could not have any major, any better opening of our season. And we are thankful for a, a large donation that made this part, this uh, possible. And that's one of the beauty and benefit of a newer symphony. You know, the love around of music and musicians is so that we get, you know, help from a, a lot of members in ways that are just, you know, remarkable. In the same um, program, besides this uh, funambolic horn concerto, probably the top of the top of the of, of the horn solo stuff, we do an overture by Wagner de Rienzi. That is an early Wagner, um, so somehow there is some Rossini echo or some kind of Verdi echo there. So it's not the Wagner we we know, but it is a very joyful. Uh, overture in many ways and very approachable. So it's a, it's one of my favorites in some ways. And I know that the orchestra loves to play too because it has some direct impact like not a lot of others, you know, of, um, of, of his production. Uh, and then we in the second half have a, a selection of the three suites by Prokofiev, uh, the Romeo and Juliet ballet. And that's another super favorite um, a piece 
what I tried to do in my selection, I tried to select from the tree suite in a way that we have a little bit of all the story. So it's, um, uh, is a combination that basically doesn't exist in its own, but is a selection that, you know, ends with the end of the story. And in the middle, there is uh, about the most important, you know, moments of the, of the Romain and Juliet, you know, ballet. Um, the next concert in December is, uh, we call the Holiday Spectacular and is a, um, a great combination of soloists, of choirs, bell choirs, orchestra favorite, Nutcracker, of course, and, um, the Hanukkah Overture by Rickman and, um, you know, some Handel from uh, Messiah. So there is just about everything that is connected to a holiday. Wonderful time. In spring, we do in March, uh, the spring symphony by Schumann. I think it was appropriate for time and spirit there. And we are going to have in um, the March concert, our concerto competition winner. We don't know what, of course, the competition is in November. So by the way, if you want to apply for the competition, reach out to us. There is still time to apply. And, um, in May, our last symphony concert, we have the Rachmaninoff Second Symphony. It is one of the favorite, plus um, a concerto competition winner as well. And then we will decide if we put an overture or not in that concert. We don't know yet. It depends. If somebody wins with something short, we put an overture. But if somebody wins with Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, then probably we, we won't. Rachmaninoff is long enough. Our chamber series, Professor Chris Nichols from University of Delaware, playing the Mozart Clarinet Concerto, and we are going to do their uh, Mozart Symphony Number no. 25. Um, then in February, we are going to have uh, um, our Newark Symphony Choir, because among the many um, things that Newark does, we also have a choir, the Newark Symphony Choir, and they are going to sing with us, of course, in December with other choirs. We have several choirs in December from several high schools, and... Um, and then we are going to do a piece for choir and orchestra, the record from the living. And we're going to have a Marianne Mayer as a harp soloist with Debussy, um, dances. Uh, and the last thing to mention is the children concert at this uh, time is going to be Tabby de Tuba with Brian Cox from Salesianum being our soloist who, um, then will perform at the Newark Charter School. In your view, what is the enduring power and relevance of orchestral music? There is a misconception that to enjoy classical music, you need to have some kind of training. Or that to enjoy an orchestra concert, you need to know more about orchestra or classical music. And it's a misconception because... There is really no need. I always remember um, my grandmother... Um, experience. My grandmother in Italy, she was not able to write or read. So she was completely illiterate. Still, she went to the opera to see the, the opera, the concert every week. That was their common, instead of go to the movies, they went to the opera and to the theater to do concerts. And she understood she didn't need to read the plot or read books to get the feelings from the orchestra, from the singers, from the conductor. And when I listen to that experience, I have the proof that, and I had the proof in many of my experiences when I bring an orchestra to a community that never had one. As long you approach 
and you communicate with the audience, you explain maybe from the stage a little bit of what's happening, and you play thinking the feelings that are behind the notes. Because you can do the most polished performance, but if you really don't give a message, you don't, you are not convinced that there is a message of feelings, of humanity, from the score to the audience, then it's a boring, deadly uh, performance. But a lot of concerts I've done, for example, in the park with people coming from all over. At the end of the concert, I had people come. You know, it's my very first concert I ever attended of an orchestra. I didn't think I could like so much. I may go back and come back to see you. So in this aspect, I think Newark is very important, our mission, because we try to reach out to all segments of the communities. And especially when I think there is an area that could be not as close to us, the more I want to reach to them and uh, connect and let them understand and let them feel and experience how an orchestra concert is just as effective as a pop concert. Beethoven was pop music in some ways. You know, there were fights in Italy between different operatic composers like they were pop stars. So nothing really changed. Um, the, the difference may be that, of course, a piece in classical music lasts a little more than three minutes, but there is so much variety, so much things inside a, a, a movement of a symphony that as long as you open your heart, you're going to get it. And so... Uh, the, the the feeling of uh, not belonging it really doesn't have, doesn't apply to classical music. Simeone, thank you so much for joining me today. To learn more about the Newark Symphony Orchestra, visit their website at newarksymphony.org. dot <laughs>